Good evening. Welcome to the Irish NFL show. Myself, Brian O'Leary, Colin Cronin, for the time being, until Connor Brophy joins us. Connor is delayed. He's looking for a garbage time arrival, a garbage time touchdown, garbage time arrival from Connor, who will be with us shortly. Uh, delighted to be partnered by Quimbet. Check out the odds for Monday Night Football with Quimbet.com or Quimbet.com forward slash promotions. An enticing game for Monday night, probably one of the better games. It was one of the ones that was actually flexed the first ever Monday night game. To be flexed, and it's the Eagles on the road in Seattle. The Eagles, yeah, three point one, three by favorites to win the game. Minus three, interesting game ahead. I think we all went Eagles with the exception of Colin Cronin. Colin, both our teams lost at the weekend. Uh, your team's still hanging in there, but unfortunately for us, it's a well and truly over. The love affair lasted a week with Tommy Cutlets, shall we say. But um, before we get into the games, Colin, I just want to, I suppose, uh, discuss the, the news which came out around 6 o'clock, half 6 Irish time, which is that the Monte Pazzi, maybe Kamikaze, some of the hits in which we've seen over the course of his career, has been banned for the remainder of the season. And I know this has been a hot topic on the show and across all NFL outlets in terms of what we've seen from certain players this year. You've been impacted with the Broncos with Korean Jackson, and obviously, we were looking at the footage of that particular hit on Saturday evening, which I found quite scary. And to be honest, it, it took away from potentially a really great play by, by Pittman. And obviously, we've seen the one from a couple of years back, which has now been floated around, which is the one where he put the late hit on Cam Newton. It's very hard to really challenge what the NFL have done. Obviously, we, we keep focusing on player safety and stuff. That one on Saturday night in particular was really, really dangerous. And I mean, it could have went, it could have went a different way for Pittman. Thankfully, he looks like he's okay. But your initial thoughts as that news broke later, later to see earlier to see him. Sorry. Yeah, Brian. I think firstly, uh, if people haven't seen the hit on Cam, it's worth checking that out because that was actual targeting. And look, I know people are going to say the game's getting soft, and I am somebody who grew up watching Steve Atwater play. Uh, Steve Atwater, who famously in the Super Bowl took out himself, his teammate, and one of the Packers players. Um, but the game has changed. It's changed for a reason, Brian. I've talked about it on the show before. There are 350 former NFL players who have been um, diagnosed with uh, CTE. Uh, and the issue is you can only diagnose CTE after somebody has passed because you need to examine the brain. Um, now, if there are 350, uh, what does that mean for how many people are walking around? That is the issue. That is why the league is taking the stance that it is. Um, I, I know it is different and I know it looks different and I know people such as Tom Brady will have their say on uh, the the game has gone soft. He has been out on Instagram uh, this evening, uh, but Tom certainly got plenty of uh, flags uh, during his career. Um, and, and I just think this is how the, the game is, is going to go. Look, there were some flags this week that I thought were soft i think the saints giants game offered us one one of those uh, but i thought this hit you know was wasn't acceptable and i know there are broncos fans out there there were plenty of them um, voicing opinion over recent weeks uh, that uh, own the league was only targeting kareem jackson i mean i think kareem himself said after his meeting with roger goodell that he was being made an example of well this proves uh, that he it's not just the Broncos it's not just Kareem Jackson despite his persecution complex uh, the the league is changing the league wants to eradicate this from it I, I think there will be mistakes as they kind of go through this period of, of trying to figure out what exactly uh, they want it to look like 
But ultimately, they want to avoid um, head injuries. They want to avoid players suffering brain injuries. Uh, your brain is pretty delicate. You don't want to get rattled around too frequently. And so uh, I can, I suppose, understand. I, I w- it will be interesting to see, Brian, if the league changes a little bit, maybe in terms of, you know, um, did they reduce it on suspension? They have done that previously. They didn't, obviously, in uh, the case of Kareem Jackson this time around. Will they this time? Perhaps. Um, but it is something, I suppose, to to keep an eye on. But I do think the league is changing, but it's not doing it for no reason. There is a very good reason for it. Do you think appealing a decision like this is relevant to where the team is um, in terms of going for the playoffs? Because right now the Steelers are kind of a state in flux. Obviously, they've confirmed this evening that, you know, they're going to change quarterback again, which is essentially the tour quarterback they've had in the past month. I wonder if it's him with a bit more high significance in terms of the stakes or where they are. We're up there and going to the playoffs and needed this particular player to be there for the rest of the season. Does that kind of distort away from what they're doing? Like, yeah, you said they're going to appeal it. Right now, we don't know if the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. It looks like they're trending away from being in the playoffs but because of the nature of how they're playing. If it was a different team on an upper core, for example, like the Bills or whoever, do you think that could change things around in terms of an appeal situation that they get that player back for the playoffs? Uh, are you saying it's a bit like uh, appealing after, say, a, a GA semi-final, uh, where the lad suddenly is free to play in the All Ireland? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Something along those lines, yeah. Or you could bring him in, bring him back in for extra time after he gets in. Well, we've seen that over the the years, all right. Certainly, um, I yeah, I look. I think the Steelers are are in a, a world of hurt at the moment. I think it is telling uh, that they're changing QBs again. I think it is probably testament. We might touch on this, uh, you know, um, Brian, it's at some point, whether we touch on it tonight or not. But like the Eagles making the, the change at defensive coordinator, the Steelers making the change at quarterback, the Vikings making the change uh, the, uh, the other night in relation to their QB. It's a very different world, right, it, than, than it was previously. Uh, you can talk about like time, space, compression, time, space, distanciation. You can talk about the social media effect. But the reality is everything is done on a much quicker basis now. And even for the Steelers, uh, you know, this is an organization we talk about having, uh, you know, only the three head coaches and so on and so forth. Um, but they didn't make the change at offensive coordinator. That hasn't worked. They've actually regressed, which is quite something. Um, and, and now, obviously, they're they're changing quarterback because they they desperately need to try to to jumpstart it. I don't think this is going to move the needle. I think the Steelers, you know, will probably sneak out a win towards the end that we don't expect them to. Uh, but ultimately, their their offense is is humstrung. They are playing uh, football from a bygone era currently. Um, and I I know some of their fans won't like to hear it. We had I had. Uh, Jared Bailey on for a podcast which came out on Saturday uh, before this latest result and in that he asked is it time to move on from Tomlin and when we put it out there were some fans that were pointing out they were still in pole position uh, for the playoffs well that is no longer the case and their inability to to score points their inability to really be a threat and probably Brian more than anything the fact the the players seem to have quit and um, we saw George Pickens the other night again like this is another stealer we've seen it from Deontay Johnson um, just not putting the effort in 
that is the antithesis of the supposed Steelers way. You had uh, Ben Roethlisberger come out last week and say that he felt things have changed there. So a, an interesting period for, for the Steelers. I don't think this moves the needle one way or the other. I expect the Steelers to certainly get, you know, one more win. Um, Can, can Mike Tomlin keep the record of always having a winning season alive? They'll be in contention. Um, but if you're if you are not a Steelers fan, it's difficult to want to see this team in the playoffs because they just simply aren't exciting. Well, let's turn our attentions to a team that is exciting right now, and that's the Buffalo Bills. They go in and put out a beatdown, shall we say, on the Cowboys last night. Some interesting stuff I was looking at on the Cowboys today, and the Cowboys have lost three, three of their four road games, and like we've seen how dominant they've been at home, seven and zero at home, putting up an average of thirty nine to forty points a game bullying teams off the field. But when they go on the road, with the exception of maybe going and beating the Giants, beating the Panthers, they've struggled and they've lost three games on their own. Some of the numbers last night were, were startling and, and I thought I was, I was found a bit amusing to see Jean McDermott giving the match ball to, to Josh Allen, bearing in mind that Josh Allen threw for less than 100 yards because he didn't have to throw last night because, because Cook has had his breakout game and for a team that we spoke about time and time again that never wanted to run the ball or never seemed to run the ball, well, they ran the ball 49 times last night and, and over 200 yards and Cook had a game. The Cowboys' defense is always kind of a high-risk, high-reward type defense, but they were behind the eight ball throughout the course of the game last night. They couldn't stop the Bills whatsoever. And then on the, on the other side, I mean, the offensive line struggled so much for the Cowboys last night. And we spoke time and time, and time again this season how the Bills' defense and their lack of pass rush, but it was certainly it was there last night. Dak was completely off his game in a sense that he didn't get in, in much time. They only, I think they had one, one force down on, on their first three drives. Like they were so outclassed, shall we say, by this Bills team. And you rightly called it out. Like you said in last week, they're on a bit of a mission. They've beaten the Chiefs. They've won this week. They've got very winnable games ahead of them. The Chargers this weekend on Saturday night. Then they got the Patriots. And then who knows the way it's going. They could find, they could find themselves in a, in a, a win, a win and in type scenario to potentially even win the division. The way you know, depending on how the Dolphins get on when they play the Cowboys and still to play the Ravens. And you, you called it. We we both went for the Cowboys in terms of me and Connor. But right now, the Bills are, and apparently once the Bills in the playoffs, you want to be watching Josh Allen in the playoffs. Like with all due respect to teams in the NFC South, AFC South, sorry, that could be you know um, great seasons and potentially in the playoffs. What do you want come January? Do you want to be watching Josh Allen with his hair on fire, or do you want to be watching Garden Minshew? But look, Tells you yesterday, I mean that was some performance. Probably arguably one of their best performance in quite some time. I, I thought really complete on all sides of the ball, Brian. I think you know the the fact that and Josh Allen, like the weirdness to say afterwards that he felt like a, a kid that had got an A on a school project despite not doing the work. But the piece around this that people need to realize, I'm sure most people do, it was the threat of Josh Allen that allowed Cook to get those yards, right? Because the Cowboys' defense were so understandably, because there isn't another QB like Josh Allen in the league, okay? Yes, Mahomes is probably a, a better QB overall, absolutely, and, and I would put Lamar up there in that elite conversation, but nobody can do the types of things that Josh Allen can do, and you are terrified that he's going to run with the ball, you're terrified like of that arm that he has, because he can launch it at any point down the, the field. But they they saw early on that they were able to run inside, they were able to run outside, and they were very 
you have to be impressed the fact that they never got bored of it, right? They never went away for, from it because we've seen teams do that. Um, this was one of those kind of, uh, it was like Madden, right? When you find a play in Madden that works and you just spam the play over and over again. And that is what they did. And it, it is a concern for the, the Cowboys, I would have to say, Brian, because they they gave up yards on the ground. We saw the 49ers run all over them. And if they're not in the, the safety and comfort of Jerry's world, well, that is an issue, absolutely. And uh, I think that um, this was the Mike McCarthy issue is something that exists and it's not going to go away. And people, I feel, look, the Cowboys are a good team, but people got way over their skis. People got totally, they they played an awful run of teams. That That's the reality. And the Cowboys are phenomenal at beating up on bad teams, but they had not been properly tested. When they have been properly tested this year, they haven't come up to, to scratch. Like they beat a bad, like the Eagles team who are in, a bit of a crisis, you'd have to say, if you're changing uh, the offensive coordinator. I saw a great tweet on, on that that said, um, my my wife's tennis t- coach, Clive, is now calling plays in our marriage. I retain the honorary title of husband, though. Um, you know, if a team is changing defensive coordinator, things aren't quite right there. Um, the Eagles beat them. I, I'm not saying the Cowboys can't do it in the playoffs, but I do think it is a concern that they can be run on. And the other thing that the Bills did last night, despite the fact that they were missing uh, players, in spite the fact that they're missing Matt Milano, one of the best um, linebackers in the, the game, was they took away the middle of the field. And by taking away the middle of the field, um, that that proved really consequential. And um, yeah, like the it, it gives the Eagles, the Eagles can afford to lose tonight, Brian, and still top the division. Um, that's a problem for the Cowboys. C.D. Lamb, only two receptions in the first half, finished the game at seven. You're talking about taking out the middle of the field. That's where he's quite so so dominant and efficient. And Jake Ferguson, you you rightly called out last week and heard the great praise, non-existence. You're touching on the Cowboys there in terms of struggling against the run, and that would have been the team for Dan Quinn looking back on this game. They cut the tackling. Tackling was non-existent. They completely exposed. They're going up against the Dolphins this weekend. I'm right in saying they're, they're on the road in, in Miami. And they've got eight chain and most of them. We've seen what they've done this season. We see what they did yesterday against the struggling Jesse and Malby their defense played well this season. Uh, is the skids like is it is it too early to say if they, if they lose this weekend, the skids are coming on before they get to the playoffs? Like you even touched on Seattle there a few weeks ago when Seattle went in on the Thursday night game, they lost forty one twenty five, they put thirty five points on them in Jerry's world. I mean, is it a case that when they play better teams they're gonna struggle and ultimately when it comes to playoffs, they're gonna be found out again? Maybe when play, right now they would go on the road, I believe, to the well, actually, well, depending on the results tonight, but, uh, you know, on the, on the basis of the Eagles win tonight, they will be on the road in a repeat of last year's wildcard game, which is they're on the road in Tampa. And you maybe you'd expect them to have enough there. But is it going to be a case of get to the divisional round, come up against the big boys and, and be gone again? Well, I, I do think the game next uh, Sunday, Christmas Eve uh, game at uh, half nine is a huge test for both teams. We get into that properly on, on Wednesday, Brian, but you'd have to say, for the Dolphins, it's an opportunity to prove themselves at home. For the Cowboys, it's an opportunity to prove that they can do it on the road against a, a difficult team. The Dolphins certainly had a, a very good performance defensively against the, the Jets. Now, 
it's the Jets offense. So you, you know you, you've got to take that into to consideration. Um, but th- this is right. This is the issue for the Cowboys, and I know their fans are probably sick of hearing it. But until such time as you win meaningful games in December, in January, and I, I wonder they've had a really good season, right? But if they were to to lose in, you know, even in the divisional round, if they don't make the championship game, I could Jerry potentially move on from Mike McCarthy? I think it's possible. I don't I don't know if it's probable, but I, I do think it's possible depending on how their season plays out, because everything is in such a microcosm and everything is examined in such detail. Talked about it before. This guy has two radio shows a week. In Dallas, everything is examined in minute detail. The good news for them, Zach Martin's injury, not as bad as first feared. He expects to play against the Cowboys. Um, it, it is uh, an enormous test, I, I think, uh, for them. I, I, I think last night, probably, unless Dak really performs, right? He, he goes out and he absolutely dominates the Dolphins. I think that's probably it for the Dak for MVP conversation. I'm going to turn our attention to Sunday Night Football. The Ravens beat the Jacks 23-7. And I suppose waking up this morning, anyone who didn't watch the game back or watch the highlights would probably look like that was a comfortable win for the Ravens. But I wouldn't say it was as, as comfortable as, as people have suggested I made out today. I mean, obviously, the, 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 I suppose the key news coming out of that game is that their rookie running back Mitchell has down gone for the season. It was, a, it was a horrific injury, ACL. And obviously, the footage of it is not great, especially when it's freeze-framed on various social media platforms today, but I'm just looking at sort of like I watched the game back this morning, I was watching, you know, some of the, the miscues by the Jags. And it seems like the Jags right now can't get out of their own way. We saw it against the Bengals on the Monday night football and like they missed two field goals. They have a, a botched timing before half time where they don't get the ball spiked and even to give themselves a field goal before half time, similar to what the Giants did in Buffalo on the Sunday night football. Lawrence fumbles in the red zone. And it took a long time for the Ravens to, to kind of put this away. And yet they still come out again with or 251 yards of rushing. And Lamar goes off for something that he's in 97. He throws for 171. That is greatest game of the year. I mean, we touched on it last week. The Ravens are rightly up there for beating the number one seed. They're not blowing teams out. And it might look like it was a blowout score. Are the skids on the Jags? What's up with the Cowboys? Like, they're now out in six. They've only won three or five home games. It's still in the melting pot because the Texans come back and beat, beat the Houston Oilers. Maybe you should have called them this weekend or whatever you want to call them with the, with the, with the old outfit on. But like, it's, where, the Jags need to, they need to rebound and they need to rebound soon because things have, they've gone way where they've lost Trina Rona. A couple of things jumped out to me from this one, but I actually thought the Jags' defense was probably better than maybe I thought they would be against this Ravens team. Um, but the, the offense, the, I, they need to figure out what happens to Trevor Lawrence when it's raining, right? Because he he does he just the ball security when he's raining is crazy. Like it, it, there is a definite difference there. There really is. Um, but Trevor Lawrence right, was their was their leading rusher. Like that that's you know that that's where their their issue is. And I I think they put too much on uh, Trevor Lawrence and. He, I think he can be a very good QB. I think it was JP Acosta put it out there that he feels that the the ceiling for Trevor Lawrence might be Matthew Stafford in Detroit, 
And that's, but like, if that is the case, that's still a very, very good QB. Um, but you you can't put everything on. And I know he's not a, a, a rookie anymore, but it just felt like everything had to go through uh, Trevor Lawrence. And I I don't think he's a Josh Allen type who you can, who, who you can put that on. Like Josh Allen didn't have to do it this week. Uh, we talked about it, but the threat of Josh Allen being able to do it. And we've seen Josh Allen do it uh, in the past. I don't think you can do that with Trevor Lawrence. There were some poor decisions. The end of the, the first half in particular, obviously, when he made the decision. And I think we can rightly, uh, you know, criticize the play calling at times. But ultimately, that decision to throw the ball um, when his player had no chance of getting out of bounds and they don't get to kick it. Can't say I'm all that surprised in terms of missed field goals. This is a kicker who came for the Broncos. Um, you know, had a, had a great, obviously, Super Bowl 50 run. Uh, Obama made the famous joke uh, that he was the main offensive weapon that the Broncos had that year. Um, but but that's a, an awfully long time ago. There's an awful lot of football that has been played since Super Bowl 50. Um, and there was a reason that ultimately the Broncos decided to move on. So... I, I think the Ravens, I, I was quietly impressed enough with them, Brian. I thought they had moments overall. I think, like, this was a Sunday night game. There's a reason it was a Sunday night game in that, like, the Jags overall this season, up until the past few weeks, have looked very good. Um, But I think the, the Ravens did enough. The injuries are the big piece that you would worry about in relation to when they get to the, the playoffs, because... At 11 and 3, they are going to the playoffs. We know that. And it's a shame, obviously, going into the game against the, the 49ers. I think the, the Ravens, are. it's fine. I, I don't need them to be hitting the heights right now. I'd prefer that they did that in January to be sitting at, at 11 and 3. Um, there, There's another team I'll talk to in a little bit in relation to uh, the Ravens QB and, and that situation. Um, but to me, I just think you know, the, the Ravens, ha- at no point does it feel like they've had a really, you know, easy schedule, um, Brian, you'd have to, to say. And yet they sit at 11 and 3. Um, now, they they would have to say their last three games, like on the road to the 49ers at home to the Dolphins and then at home to the Steelers, uh, when Mike Tomlin might be looking to keep that uh, winning season record alive. It's a tough run in for sure. That closes out the open segment of the show for those who are listening on the podcast. 